Good morning. Henry Harris, Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, Ride the Elevator Out of Despair. First, a review. What do we mean when we speak of the foundations of mental health, the spiritual foundations of mental health? We mean to say that your mental health, my mental health, our mental well-being, typically we might view it as a function of uh, uh, a kind of a summary or a an aggregate of our emotional well-being, our emotional feelings, rather. Our, our, we look at our feelings and we'd say, well, I have a lot of consistently positive feelings, so obviously I have mental well-being. Or alternatively, I, I have a lot of consistent negative feelings, so obviously I don't have well-being. And what we're looking to do is to point how all feelings, all experience in this world exists on top of one single foundation that cannot be budged, it cannot be moved, it's stable, it's solid, it's a universal, and it's true for you, and it's true for me, and it's always strong, it's always solid, it's always always wide. I, we have ups and downs, or even um, lasting dips, or, or, or uh, discouragement, all of that in, is meant to be understood through a bit of a spiritual lens. What do I mean? So, so when we go through life and we find ourselves kind of um, flowing up and then flowing down and, 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 getting, and getting discouraged and getting um, saddened or anxious or stressed, it looks very simply, if we peek, if we scratch the surface, which we tend to do when we're not feeling well, and ask ourselves, well, where is that coming from? We will have all kinds of circumstances and phenomenon of this world that, uh, that seem to point to various causes. It could be that it's our, our childhood. It could be that it's a, we have a defective character. All of these are answers that we might come to provide for the reason why do I have these uh, strong feelings. Um, and yet that would be a misunderstanding. That would be a misunderstanding because there is no way that feelings are created directly through the events of our lives. It's not to say we don't have events. We have events in our lives. There's no question there are circumstances and events. Um, and it's very normal to be affected by the perceived events of our lives. On the other hand, it is possible to see and appreciate that beneath the surface of that uh, of those events, that those events themselves are things that we we're having we're having a flow, the flow that is flowing through us, the flow of energy that's flowing flowing through our heart mind is real. It's real. How else do we explain the moods? How else do we explain the volatility? How else do we explain the fact that? There are circumstances in our lives that are not really changing, and yet our experience of them is. The circumstances, there's a level of, of, of static to our circumstances of our lives, but yet our feelings about them are not static. That's pointing to the fact that we have moods. We have our own internal weather. And it fools us. It's very easily, it's, it, it's, it's very easy, easy to get fooled by that internal weather in a way that it looks and feels that the, the events in the, of this world are shaping us directly. Now, as we've discussed in the past, that's, that would be an example of the Jewish, the Jewish understanding of idolatry. 
ascribing power to things other than the single source behind all life. When I think that traffic literally has the ability to shape my mood, um, then I am ascribing power to traffic. And I'm not saying, therefore, be indifferent to pass to traffic and and don't bother trying to avoid traffic. I'm not. I like to avoid traffic. I'm just clear. And I'm also not saying that this is a technique to therefore dissolve your upset feelings with regards to traffic. I, I don't know how to dissolve feelings on a on a whim, on a on like a on a moment's notice. But what I know is is that the truth is a wonderful thing. The truth is a great thing to have, and there is no question that the more a person aligns with the truth of our experience, the truth of this world, the truth of what is the real foundation of our mental experience, the real foundation of our mental psychological experience is a is an internal flow, a spiritual flow that's not of my doing, it's not of anybody's doing. It's being created by something that is not me and is not this world, and that is, of course, a Jewish basic premise of, of emunah, of belief in a single power, belief in a creator, belief in a creator that is ongoingly um, sustaining and managing and, and, and overseeing all there is, because there is really nothing other than that single, 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 simple existence. There cannot be, any, there is no existence independent of that single power. It's a miraculous thing, I will acknowledge, that I have the experience of a corner, having a corner of the universe with which to um, make choices, you know, where it really does look like. And, and the truth is, I do have power. I have the power of choice. I have the power of choice to acknowledge this truth. I have the power of choice to acknowledge this truth, or alternatively, to, to, to turn away from it, to disregard it, to lean into the perception that it is the things of this world, the circumstances of this world, my own um, my own abilities and power and might, cleverness that shape and de- determine my uh, experience of life. But that's not true. My experience of life, like everything, is being created in one way. And I have this beautiful gift opportunity to see that, to choose that, to acknowledge that. And through that kind of initial choice, that simple, simple choice that I can make really moment to moment to moment all throughout my day, through that that gift of choice, it's like a door. It's like a, it's like a door that I walk through and then lo and behold, new doors open up. New doors become visible. Magically, it's really magic that as I allow myself to be, what is what do I know about this moment? What what's true about this moment? What 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 can't be true about this moment? What's what's going on like now? You know, that willingness and that ability to be now in this moment in the now. It's remarkable in its ability to to open up to new doors and the next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment. So we're, we're speaking again about the idea that the spiritual foundations of your mental health are, um, are based on a simple idea that, that there is a constant. Your volatility of feelings is not the actual... The content of your feelings is not the, is not the summary of your mental health. No. The content of your feelings is not the summary of your mental health. The fact that you have feelings, 
The very fact that you are on the receiving end of new thoughts and new feelings, the very fact that you have that, that's inclusive of ups and downs, that is what's indicative of your mental health, that you're connected to this single, simple source. Do you see that distinction? It's not the content that determines, oh, is it up or is it down? I have good mental health, I have poor mental health. No, it's the fact of that flow of mental experience. That fa- The fact of that flow is what's pointing to, well, well you didn't make that and the traffic didn't make that. Oh, it's because you're connected to a flow. You're connected to this infinite wisdom that is allowing for the possibility of some of something new and something new and something new. That is what's off. What that's what's behind your mental health. That wisdom that is inclusive of ups and downs. Because guess what? Ups and downs are really they're safe. They're all safe. They're all okay. They're all welcome. We can be in those ups and downs, knowing that they are pointing to an experience that's truly foundational. Our connection to this live feed this live source, the only really truly live source and feed there is, the one creator, right? So we're having all kinds of feelings, but it's not the content of our feelings that's the, that's the definition of our mental well-being, our mental health. It's our connection to the source that is the, the real testimony to our mental health, our mental well-being. We are alive and flowing with new thoughts and new feelings from something much, much greater than us. So that's the that's the, the, the that's a, a, an overview of what we mean when we talk about the idea of this the spiritual foundations of your mental health. And I I shared that today's topic is ride the elevator out of discouragement. The the elevator is a beautiful metaphor that I've shared in the past that I think is highly relevant to this time of year. We're approaching on the Jewish calendar the time of of um, of the new year, which is, which are days that allow us to to basically request life anew. We have we have literally the opportunity and the responsibility to request life anew from our Creator. Remember us for life, we say to our Creator. Give us new life, and with that is the possibility of life that's new. Not just that it's it's kind of um, like we got another year subscription but new in the sense that it's qualitatively new. There's an opportunity to change. There's an opportunity to grow. There's an opportunity to see new things. Now, some of us who've encountered this phenomenon, this idea of the <clears throat> the new year in in the past, we, we might find ourselves discouraged because we've tried. You know, there's certain things in our lives that we've tried to change and we haven't been able to change. So how do we, how do we encounter that potential discouragement? that comes with trying to change something that we haven't been successful in changing in the past? Or how do we experience renewal, the possibility of renewal, that we don't simply get caught up in the tried, been there, tried that? So I think it's a a couple things that I want to speak about the elevator as a metaphor. First of all, the basic idea is that the elevator is a metaphor for what uh, it, it, the, the, the metaphor of the elevator is the gift of new thought. It's the flow. It is the flow. It's the rise and fall of your consciousness that's coming from this divine. The real thing that lifts you 
And alternatively, the real thing that lowers your consciousness, that, that allows you to go into a darker mood as well as a lighter mood, that's not your doing. It's not really on you to get yourself up to the penthouse in a moment. And it's not really your fault when your mood drops. Now, I'm not saying that it's it, there's there, there is choice to be had here, but let's just get clear. Your mood goes up and your mood drops. And it's not owing directly to the fact that you lifted yourself up to the top floor or that you lowered yourself to the, the bottom floor. There is an elevator. There's a process of movement that's happening that's, that's you're not controlling it directly. Okay, so what choice do you have in life? Are you a, simply a victim, programmed entity? No, you are partners. We are partners with our creator. There are two parties involved in our experience of life, in our program, our journey in life. There are two partners. It's really the case that there are two partners in the journey of our personal life, and that is our creator and, and us individually. But it's really valuable to realize the degree to which the role of the creator, that elevator ride, is happening in my life. If I look and I see... One of the most important things of these weeks before Rosh Hashanah is to recognize where and how my life is operating on a level, on a high level. There are places in my life where I'm, I'm, I see opportunities as blessings and I see dead ends as dead ends and I'm, 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 I'm navigating my life in a number of ways. As I've shared in the past, I've, I, I work with individuals and there's an individual who I've been in conversation with who was, has, been in, has been inclined to end, his, to, to end his marriage and to leave his home for, uh, based on, the, on the, the conflicts that he's had with his wife. And at the end of the day, he comes to recognize, you know, I don't want to blow up my home. I'm upset about X, Y, and Z, but I realize that my upset is overtaking me and I don't want to blow up my home. I'm intense I'm in intense pain, but I but but I don't want to blow up my home. Now of course it doesn't in the intense moments of his pain, he doesn't sound like that. In the intense moments of his pain he sounds like I can't take this anymore. I want out of here. But then at a certain point he lows he, he, he slows down and he is connected to something beautiful. He is preserving something beautiful while trying to figure out how can I make myself more capable of partaking of this relationship? How can I contribute more effectively? But even though, but I'm not going to blow it up. Now that's a wisdom. There are people who do blow up their homes. I'm not judging that there's never a time where it's appropriate to end a marriage. I'm just saying that there are plenty of times where I think we can appreciate it's not necessary to end a marriage and yet somebody does it because the pain level goes way up. The ability to stay in a beautiful home life situation that has values and merits despite pain, there's, there's wisdom there. There's a level of understanding that allows a person to stay and not blow things up, not destroy that's one example, but there's plenty of other examples where we can look and we can see. Today I'm involved in, in commitments and responsibilities that X number of years ago I just couldn't handle. I couldn't handle the consistency. I couldn't handle the responsibilities. I couldn't handle the, 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 uh, the, the tasks and the awareness and the consciousness. I mean, let's talk about something so simple as driving a car. You know, I've, I've, 
I, I see, I still remember the time that I first sat before a driver's wheel, uh, ready to start my driver's ed, and I was just completely overwhelmed by the perception of like, wait, there's an ignition, and there's a driver, there's a steering wheel, and there's a uh, there's a there's a there's a gear and then there's brakes and then there's an accelerator and there's a rearview mirror and there's side I was just like I, I was inundated with um, it was an overload an absolute overload of information and all of that was seated seating seated in a parking lot with no traffic you know then on top of that to even contemplate the idea of like entering into a uh, into a road with moving track traffic where I had to manage the timing like it was just, it just I thought to myself there's never this can't work there's never going to be the case that this could work and yet somehow the wisdom I, I do I know how it is that I learned how to assimilate all those decisions and all of those kind of assessments and and judgments that I am comfortable thank God in driving now that's wisdom. That's 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 an example of an elevator ride. It is human to operate on levels of consciousness that are elevated. It is our experience that we are operating in places in our life that are elevated, where we are assimilating a lot of decisions and a lot of information, and we are navigating in constructive and non-destructive ways. We are going about our lives in a lot of ways that are non-destructive and are even constructive and in ways that let's not overlook the fact that there have been so many elevator rides <clears throat> in our life. Our life is filled with, the, with evidence of elevator rides that just we lifted up that we couldn't directly explain how we did it. I don't know how I got to the place where I'm driving. I don't know how I got to the place where I... I have comfortable conversations with my teenage kids about things that are potentially delicate. I, I don't know how I got to that place, but I, I can see I'm here. Do I take total credit for it? I don't. I, do I take no credit for it? I had a part in it. But I'm watching and noticing that there are elevator rides in my life that are, uh, there's evidence of that. Now, that's the first thing I want to say about elevator rides. The second thing is to appreciate that when you see just how much there are, have been elevator rides in your life and you look out at your life where you feel stuck, then you want to make room for the elevator. You know, you really want to make room for the elevator. You really want to acknowledge that your job is the is the clarity. Your job is the clarity. Okay, where is it that I'm? I have a bad habit, right? I I I have a person. A person has a habit X, and I, for the life of me, cannot seem to let go of that habit. I get filled up with desire or fear, and then I I just run after that habit. How in the world am I going to end that habit? Well. The first thing is to recognize that you are not the one that's going to cause the habit to end by yourself. In fact, you're not even the major lifter. You're not, the, you're, not the, you're not going to be the one to do the major lifting. You're not. If you don't see that, then you're going to be looking and looking and looking in your experience for where and how that habit is going to change. And you will not find it. You will not find it because in your experience of your tool bag, of your resources personally, your strengths, your personal strengths, your intelligence, your access to individual per people, 
that's not going to be what's going to arouse the new experience of the habit, the shift. That there's that's if you look over there in that realm, you will not find it, because the elevator ride is a, is 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 a resource that doesn't belong to kind of what's here on this floor. You know, the elevator ride is moving from floor to floor. It's something not of this floor. This world is like this floor, but there's something that is not of this floor. So you, you want to first acknowledge the reality that you can't do this by yourself. That's a given. You have a beautiful role to play. What is your role to play? Your role is to, is to acknowledge that clarity. That is so significant. To really let go, to divest yourself of the perception that it's me that hasn't been successful till now and it's me that won't be successful going forward. That you want to divest yourself of. The elevator is what's going to allow the possibility of you to go there. But guess what? You have a role to play in that you can identify that. And you can go and wait at the elevator door. You can go and you can proudly and enthusiastically with a sense of real devotion and commitment wait by the elevator. You can say, creator of the universe, I don't know what to do in the face of this fear, this fearful feeling that grips me, and I just, I don't know how to contain myself from running into a habit A or B or C. I acknowledge that that fear is, um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a level of consciousness. It's from you. Those fears are the same way everything is created. It's created from you, creator of the universe. That's where my fears arise from. And I don't know how to just dissolve them. But at the very least, you're going to say to yourself, and you're going to say to your creator, I acknowledge that these, these fears are, are, are not of my doing. They're not coming from the world that I live in. And they're not even dangerous. You know, they're not even dangerous. I can stay where I am. I can stay where I am. King Solomon said, when the spirit of that ruler comes upon you, don't leave your place. And the metaphor of the elevator, if you're standing by the elevator, if you're standing in the elevator or by the elevator, and all of a sudden you hear really loud noises, disturbing noises coming from some distant place in the, on, floor, on the floor, you might feel tempted to go and want to deal with those noises, you know. You really feel like, uh-oh, this is a problem. I should probably go fix those noises. Or, boy, these noises are scary. i gotta get it. I got to run away, you know. But when the Ruach of the Moshe, when the spirit of that ruler, that force inside of us that's so threatening, when it comes upon you, you can stay put. You can stay where you are. You can stand there right there. In that moment, stay there in that moment where the, ele the elevator show is present. The elevator is working in this moment. It's, it's bringing you to newer, st higher states. It's lowering you to lower states. That's the elevator. That's the divine flow. The elevator is your divine flow that's flowing through you. It's bringing you to higher flows, states, and it's bringing you to lower flows. Stay there in that moment. Stay with that feeling. Acknowledge the truth about that feeling. Don't run from it. Don't try to battle it or fix it. Stay there by the elevator. And guess what? Either the elevator, if you're on the elevator, it'll open, it'll, it'll, the doors will shut and you'll see that you're, the elevator is going to move. Alternatively, the elevator doors will open and you'll be able to get on. 
new insights, new ideas, new possibilities will arise when you make central the place, when you acknowledge the centralness, the centrality of that elevator in your life. So in short, you're looking to to see where and how your life is already evidence of elevator rides. And where there's places in your life where you are experiencing um, discouragement or stuckness, to truly acknowledge the necessity of the elevator, the impossibility of you elevating yourself by yourself. It's a partnership. You will not make the elevator ride. You will be the one to stay put, to stay there at the elevator, to stay, stay there right there at the elevator because the elevator does move and you can be there to ride that elevator. <laughs>